0: Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's good to be back. <laughs> I like your shirt, Jason. It says, people matter.
1: It does say people matter. And let me just say, I got this for free from a website called sevenly.com. Okay. This is not an ad, paid advertisement. I wish it was. I wish I could say, tonight's episode brought to you by sevenly.com because <laughs> that would mean that they gave us money. Yeah,
0: but they didn't. Yeah. But they did You it. gave them money. Actually. But you know,
1: I just probably did. But you know what these guys did? Um... They put out something on Facebook that said if you were going down to Texas or or if you were in Texas and you were like first responder, Harvey Relief, um, all you had to do was order a shirt from their website and they gave it to you for free. Nice. So Man, this is what I got.
0: Hurricane after hurricane, bro.
1: It's nuts. It is nuts. Somebody messaged me today that they were like, bro, is it the end of the world? There's been like 20 earthquakes today. Did you know there's 20 earthquakes?
0: Yeah, Mexico got hit too. So like 79 people died.
1: That's nuts, man. Oh, it is nuts. It's been crazy hurricanes and earthquakes. Well, you know, it's the Lord
0: just smiting those people because, you know.
1: <laughs> we, that's, a whole, that's a different episode Good grief! of the judgment of the Lord coming in the form of storms. I think the earth
0: is just doing what it does.
1: It's crying out, man. Well, I mean,
0: you don't. You it's know, birth pangs. You got Fukushima. Is that, the, is that that place where they're, I mean, it's literally dumping hundreds and hundreds of gallons of irradiated, you know, waste back into the ocean. They can't stop it. They don't know how to stop it.
1: Yeah. I'm mean, just saying, you know. And this was the news portion of the Salty Dogs podcast. Yeah, this is this, a cur- current bro, this, event. This is episode 17. Yeah. Can you oh, believe that? Man. 17 episodes. 17 episodes. So we, we do every other week, and so we've, we've been doing this for 34 weeks now. That's pretty Damn wild, bro. huh? Yeah. Fun stuff. Good to be back. We have uh, Pastor, Pastor Dion Gates. He's yeah, back. Two.
2: I am Mending back. Mending
1: place, and he brought a friend this time. Yeah, We gave him an inviter card. We said, hey, bring a friend next time. So he prayed over it, and then uh, the Lord showed him Jamal's name, and so he brought his friend. Pastor and fasted. Jamal. I prayed, he and fasted. prayed and fasted. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, Jamal, <laughs> one of the
1: sweetest dudes around. Dude, Jamal, let me tell you what I know about Jamal. Uh-oh. Uh, we were at the men. I think we were at the men's retreat um, with uh, World Impact, and Jamal's working the room, bro. He's... Mm. I guess the Lord put it on his heart, or this is just who he is. But he's going around just praying for everybody. Hey, can I pray for you, brother? Can I pray for you, brother? Was that where that was? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, is that just something you do, or how's it?
3: It really depends. Like, it depends on the room. It depends on what's called for in that moment. Like, if we're just praying. So you got your
1: spiritual antenna up, and if the Father says, go pray for everybody, you're like, yes, Lord. I'm like,
3: yes, Lord. Are you sure?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, but I'm not eloquent in speech. (laughs) Exactly. That's for sinners. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, we're, we're excited to have pastor Jamal here. He's a, he's a real good dude. Love this guy. Solid dude. Pastor Dion back. These are brothers from another mother, but the same father, same father. That's That's right. That's right. Awesome. So I'm, I'm really excited about this episode. Um, pastor D we invited him back on he he wanted to come back on he wanted to bring Jamal on and so yeah, I did um, so you guys I think have been you've been back the quickest between episodes oh, wow. I think I think that's kind of how that's happened um, but we're excited so I asked Dion well what do you guys want to talk about and for real in the back of my mind I was like please say discipleship come on man and pastor Dion's like I want to talk about discipleship oh. you didn't say that Were you thinking of that really I was I mean, thinking it was kind of like,
2: I mean, I, normally you, normally I'd say, well, what do you want to talk about or something?" And, but yeah.
1: no, it was good, man. So I'm excited. I'm excited about this topic and um, it's something to definitely consider. But I would love if this was like a two part or three part, and we just we just dove in because I think yeah. a lot of people have a lot to say about it. I think the topic of discipleship is one of the uh, most discussed and maybe even misunderstood topics over like the history of the church. It's like, what is discipleship? And it's just like, well, that's the age old old question. And let's try and talk about that. What is discipleship? And I think we've seen all sorts of programs and people with good intentions and a lot of things kind of birthed out of making disciples. And, um, and it's crazy because, you know, here, here I am, well, like I was I was saved when I was like fourteen or something. I'm 35, and uh, I still don't know that I can say that I've ever been discipled. You know what I'm saying? Like I agree. It, that's that's a tough thing. So, um, tell us tell us real quick, uh, Dion. Kind of uh, you just why'd you choose this topic? Where do you kind of want to go with it? And then maybe yeah. have Jamal kind of chime in on that Jamal too. Pay. Like what kind of pay set the tone, pave the way. What are we going to try and tackle with this conversation?
2: Well, first, I, I, I'll tell you, we can't exhaust it, right? I mean, everyone who's tried to, to give their thoughts or process or their quick quip on what discipleship is and what it looks like, I think it kind of just always leaves something else to be desired, something missing. So I got to thinking, you know, like, what does this look like? A uh, pastor in a church, uh, for a lot of years, concerned a lot about members, counting. You know, like, well, how many numbers, who showed up when, and uh and and then I was challenged at a conference, someone asked me, uh, you know, so what's your path for discipleship? And I knew that I didn't have one, so I had to be, you know, vulnerable and say, I don't know. I mean we don't have one. And so we're just basically hoping that people, uh, you know, mature, develop and multiply, that they make other disciples. So uh that's where this all came from. I I I asked the question and Eventually, I jumped into the scripture, a very common place that other people jump into is Matthew chapter 9. And it just talks about uh, the the scripture that talks about Jesus and uh, saying that the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Matthew 9, verse 37. And so, but I felt like that that was just kind of the go-to, right? Like, that's what we've been doing. We've been going to that verse, and I've been blaming the laborers. I've been blaming the harvest. <laughs> Man, you know, I've been blaming everybody. Like, you know what? If I just had more laborers, if I just, you know, if I just had more of this or more of that, and I don't think that's it, you know? And so I just kind of start playing around in the scripture and just start thinking about, you know, of course, what did Jesus do? But more importantly, like, what did I see him do with his disciples that he didn't do with the others, you know?
1: I dig it. Jamal, What? what's your thought? Like, how do you... How do you see this conversation? Uh, what are some things we might want to tackle or talk about? Absolutely. Kind of just
3: similar to what Pastor Dion mentioned. We I was a part of that conversation after that conference. And because I'm part of staff, I get all of that post-conference mm-hmm. conversation. <laughs> and what was crazy, though... Pastor D's back from a
1: conference, everybody. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs>
3: everybody yeah. watch out. Put your seatbelt yeah. on. Hey, I, I been, I've full. been to one of those, too. <laughs> yeah. I've been to one of those meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Put your seatbelt Just on. Like, it's about to start bumpy
1: the, ride. Put the coffee pot on. It's going to be a late one. It's, it's going to mm-hmm. be a late one. We got mm-hmm. out of there around 11.15. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm kidding. Uh-huh. Kind of.
1: But five-hour staff meeting. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
3: And so what was interesting, though, is my kind of soiree into discipleship is similar to yours. Um, in that I don't know that I've ever been intentionally discipled. Like, I've been saved since I was 12, been preaching for 12 years and all this other wonderful stuff. But intentionally discipled has not necessarily been something that I've experienced. And so when the conversation started to arise, it was like, okay, what is this thing? And then how do we do what Christ has commanded us to do? Like, this is literally the one thing that he's commanded us to do, uh, commissioned us to do rather. And how do we do this? Well, how do we do this in the way that he would want
1: us to do it? And so that's really the crux for me is Jesus said it. How do I do it? Sure. Yeah. No, that I I love it. As, as you were saying that, um, I just kind of had something pop into my mind because you said, I don't know that I've ever been intentionally discipled. And I made the same, I made the same mistake, uh, mistake. I've misstatement. (laughs) I've made the same statement. Like, I don't know that I have been discipled except what if no one has ever intentionally engage, it invited me to engage in something that was my standard of what I thought discipleship would be even me, with me not knowing what that should look like. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? That's so real. I've created some sort of discipleship standard that's never been met right. by any of the leaders in my life, except I don't know what that was supposed to look like in the first place. And so I may have been accidentally discipled rather yeah. than intentionally discipled. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. funny. So I think with all the things that the church does... I think we see aspects of discipleship, but something that I've said before, and I think this is kind of um, our heart behind the Salty Dogs podcast and some of the, the topics that we dive into, is that we we look at what's in scripture, we look at what's in the church, and oftentimes it's, sometimes we're missing it, sometimes there's sin that's causing us to that's miss good. it, that's good. but then sometimes I think we've seen glimpses and shadows, but not the fullness of of what the Lord intended for discipleship. So I I think we get bits and pieces. It's like, you know, discipleship is supposed to look like a fully baked pizza, except we've got a little bit of dough and a pepperoni. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But it's like, let's get the rest of the ingredients going. Let's bake this sucker. And we're going to have this beautiful discipleship pizza coming out the oven. That was the worst analogy I've ever used, but that was the best that I could come up with on the fly. As
2: long as it was a personal pan. I mean, person yeah that's right if you just got one piece of pepperoni yeah
1: it's yeah yeah discipleship is like personal pan pizza it's all about you <laughs> wow what a tagline people there it is. <laughs> what a tagline <laughs> wow hey so let so let's start with the start with the basics um what does the word disciple or discipleship mean
0: i think that but it, it derives from the word discipline you know um people would discipline themselves to a rabbi or to a teacher back in the old days, you know what I mean? And that would be, you know, I guess their mentor, you know what I mean? Like, but it, but that root word is discipline, mm-hmm. you know, and learning those disciplines. And I don't know, I, I that's just what i Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: That the definition that you've gathered and come to understand over time. What about you guys?
3: Yeah. The simplest definition that I've seen and heard and, um accepted and, and kind of taken on is learner, similar so to what yeah. you said, Casey, is learner. I'm I'm a disciple, I'm a learner of X, Y, and Z. So I, I come to someone to learn. Um, learn how to do life, learn how to live, learn how to be.
1: Yeah, and I would I would tag on to that, not simply learn, um but I think when you truly learn something it's not just that you've gained a head knowledge absolutely but you've also gained a know-how and an ability. Mm. not we say that? Would you say that someone who's learned something then can teach others? Absolutely. How I mean Yeah.
2: So if if you're a disciple, if you could be qualified as a disciple in some way, some area, not I'm mean, of course the Bible and it's exhaustive. You can't do it all, but if you then could then replicate or duplicate in some way something that you were taught, then you have learned that particular thing, and you're a disciple in that, like I'm a black belt yeah. first degree right, so then are you no I'm oh, just wow you know I've watched kung fu theater though, but so maybe if I were to say that I've learned something from master x y z and and now I can teach others, then that qualifies me as a disciple, right. You really don't know it until you can teach someone else it, right? I mean, that's what I've heard at least.
1: Yeah. So so I always do my word study, and I was like, what does disciple mean? And it, and it's exactly what it is. It's like a student, a pupil, or a learner. And so I guess kind of to get this thing kicking off, um, the Great Commission, the, I mean, this is why the reason that discipleship is such, a, not even a hot topic, but an important topic and an important thing for followers of Christ to understand. And first of all, let me just say, I think, I think there are people who believe in Jesus that aren't disciples. Now we, we can talk. I mean, there's a, there's a deeper, there's more to that, but let me just say that let's look at it surface because, Hey, I believe in Christ, but I think there's an active decision in the Mm. believer to place themselves under Jesus as Lord. Right. Right. And then through his Lordship, we learn and we follow. Right. So, um, it's important because, um, this is our, I mean, this is our mission. As we were praying, I said, discipleship is such an important topic because it really truly is our life as Christ followers, our commission, our mission. It's like, you want to, do you want to know what you're here for? you know we did this series called why am i even here and and what we realized <laughs> out of that question in our study is that number 1 it's to bring glory to the father which yes. means we we place the utmost importance on god right through our entire life everything about us we always point back to the father and his love and you know him sending christ so it's our it's our life's mission it's our purpose then to make disciples um And I think there's some people who don't ever ask the question, well, how do I make disciples? Or even, am I a disciple? But Jesus gives the commission, right? Matthew 28, um, he tells us, go therefore to all the nations, make make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, right? And so then I think we learn a lot from that last statement that Jesus makes. He says, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, and surely I'm with you to the end of the age. Mm -hmm. So... He's saying there's a teaching aspect, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a teaching aspect to discipleship, but there's also an obedience aspect. So it's not just a learning and an understanding of information. I can tell yeah. you all the things Jesus said yeah. and all the things he commanded, and you're going to be like, there's some people who say, I don't care what Jesus commanded. And so information without ability for obedience, you, we've just given people information. And so I think where I've come from in my kind of my christian background is that I've sat in a lot of meetings and I've gathered a lot of information and I've get I've gotten just the crust of the discipleship pizza yeah. which is teaching and not the fixings and the baking you know to put me out there in into obedience and so I just I think that learning being a learner but also coming with being a learner is the ability to then obey and do, and replicate, right? Absolutely. I think something that you mentioned
3: uh, very, and I was studying this as I was looking and looking at words and Old Testament figures and things of that sort, I think there are a lot of people who know about God. There are a lot of people who Mm. know about God, can quote things, even scriptures, um, but to know someone um, to be in an intimate relationship with someone right. is more than what happens in your head. Um, it's something that happens in your heart. And I, I think one of the things that we um, sometimes can struggle with here in North American uh, Christian context is that um, that overwhelming ability to have information um, but not transformation. And so we know a lot of oh, wow. stuff. Um, but one of the things I found was very interesting um, is the Old Testament Old Testament word, Shema, uh, which where we get in Deuteronomy 6, um, is not just a matter of hearing, but hearing and obeying. That there's no separate word for hearing and obeying. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, meaning obey this one God who is uh, who is over you.
1: So they didn't separate the, the words or the action of hearing and obeying. Hearing and obeying. It's, it's like, so, yeah, hmm. it's, yeah. So, so listen. Li- yep.
3: And do yeah. don 't just listen with your ears exactly um that 's why the prophets would say they have ears, but they don 't hear mm-hmm. because yeah. they don 't obey what mm-hmm. God is saying and so, so
1: yeah so it's a it's a hearing that provokes action absolutely right not just i mean you, you can hear somebody, but you know there're people like me. you're not you 're not hearing me right now you 're not hearing what i'm saying right. there's a, it's not yeah, There's no response. There's, there's no, no penetration
3: response, yeah. don't be,
0: of... You're yeah, saying in James, right? Which is don't be just a hearer of the word, to be a doer of the word. Yeah, I was that. just about to go yeah. there. You deceive yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And mm. so as a disciple, I'm a learner. I'm not a learner in the sense of, oh, I'm going to make an A on this test because I can quote back to you or regurgitate back to you everything that you told me. I'm a learner because what you've told me and how you've shown me how to live, I now live. And so because I'm now living how you've taught me how to live, I'll know that I'm a disciple based upon the reproduction, even as you were yeah. saying, Pastor Dion, based upon the reproduction. I know that I'm
1: mature in my discipleship because I now have the ability to reproduce. Yeah, Jesus say. didn't say go and make Pharisees yeah. of all nations. Or yeah. scribes. Who, or scribes, people who had an understanding or the ability to regurgitate the law on the drop of a... Drop
0: of a hat, right? Well, Paul says it all the time. Hey, look, do what I'm doing. You know, he, he's writing in the epistles. Hey, look, do what I'm doing. You know, and I think that's a big part of it. Jesus was showing them how to live, just like you were saying, Jamal. I mean, showing showing them, not just telling them, like rebuking them all the time, and, you know, but, but showing them how to live. I mean, that's, and I think that's an important aspect that we that we miss, you know, and just like we're talking about, like a lot of classes, a lot of programs to you know discipleship 101 and these things man but, but very rarely and I've been blessed to have been you know Jason actually in uh, some small way you know discipled me he took me into his home we were together a lot we were running around doing stuff together a lot you know he helped me out and you know even even when I was in my drug addiction you know but still he was that was that to me is the is the only thing that I can draw upon as somebody Trying at least, or maybe unknowingly, but trying try, to yeah. disciple me. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, so which I had the one scripture I had prepared uh, for tonight is the one that you just quoted. It's in uh, Philippians 4 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So we've got a guy, the Apostle Paul, who had enough confidence. <laughs> to be able to tell somebody, Hey, the things that you've heard, yeah. the things you've learned, received, heard, and saw yeah. in me, um, go do those things. He's like, look, watch me. And then now you go do those things. And so I think that's, I think that's the heart of discipleship. And so you look at and what you talked about. And I, w- I want you to talk about this. You said that you uh, looked at scripture yeah. And you started looking at the things that Jesus was doing with his disciples and the things he didn't do with others. So give us a little bit of insight into that.
2: Well, I was just thinking about, you know, what's the difference between, and I just was preaching on this about the private pursuits. You know, like what the disciples had private pursuits, where those who are just casual observers who have intersections with the Lord have public pursuits, things that we can see openly. So Jesus taught in the synagogue. But then he reclined in the Mount of Olives, so so what's the difference between those people he taught in the synagogue versus those who were invited to come back with him in his private place? You know what I mean? Chilling with Jesus. Yeah, you know you got that recline. Reclining that's my, that's with my Jesus. My favorite adjective to describe
0: Jesus of all time. He was <laughs> right? Reclined.
2: All right, so that's what I was thinking about. Okay, so Jesus has a very public ministry, but then he has a lot of private time with his disciples. You know, he never calls other people disciples. So so what's the difference between this public and this private? And so I was looking at Luke 21, 37, 38. I'm just going to read it. King James. It just says, and in the daytime, he was teaching in the temple. And at the night, he went out and abode the mountain, uh, Mount, which was called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to hear him in the temple uh, for to hear him. Because the, the temple is, is public, right? It's 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 public, it's open. But what separated those guys from coming to him? So the temple has time associated with it. And uh, and on my study, I realized that uh, the Mount of Olives was very unique, that Jesus using the Mount of Olives as a backdrop to show us personally what discipleship really looks like because olive trees don't have rings. So he's saying that this position that he wants us to be in in this intimate place is without time, Hmm. that we don't get in a hurry. Uh, and there's more that olive trees do and I can get into that, but I won't it's really interesting, but I just want you to think about that. you know, me, <laughs> you know, trees. tree, boy. Yeah, trees, you can't climb olive trees like that. So no, I don't no, want you no. to be, <laughs> don't get too excited about it. They're short,
0: no.
2: but yeah, so I'm just thinking about that. So Jesus is taking the background and backdrop of the olives to show us really how to make disciples that disciples get into your private space. Uh, they see you relax. They see you outside of the public eye. They uh, what Paul did with Onesimus, uh, we see that it was a personal thing that he begot him in his age or in his 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 older age that he begot another. Uh, and I think that that's the whole idea of begotting and giving birth. Uh, sometimes is le- is left kind of like well, you know, we want to disciple a lot, but in the end, Jesus had the twelve, and then just eleven, and then at the upper room there wasn't even that many it was really about those people who he was intimate with that stayed the course. And so I think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves as leaders, spiritual leaders to figure out how we can disciple more. And really Jesus was not about the quantity, but it was quality. Absolutely. So
1: <clears throat> no, I, so oftentimes in my pastoral career, that's kind of the wrong word, but, um, tenure, Sure, <laughs> my pastoral tenure. Um, I, I would ask myself because I would we would find ourselves in like these prayer meetings and everybody would get all excited. It's just like Lord, you know, blow doors next Sunday. Let's mm. fill this place to the brim. Mm. There's people standing up in the back, and you know we're we're dreaming of these buildings overflowing with people in our yeah. gatherings. And uh, I remember my prayer changed at one point in time, and it began my I began to pray, Lord, help us to do the best we can with what we have Mm. basically meaning help me to shepherd this flock. Well, right. Because if I'm, if I'm letting 12 die, I'm gonna let 20 die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for real. If if I'm gonna let five die, I'm gonna let a hundred die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so if I'm not discipling five people, I'm not going to disciple a hundred and discipleship is not this blanket, this blanket attempt. Right. Again, just like you said, Jesus had times where he was public and then when he was private. Private. And so he didn't give the people in public what he gave the people in private. No, he sir. gave them the same teaching. No, sir. But he didn't give them the same insight and depth into it. Yeah. And right?
0: I, and, yeah. And I think that that speaks to. You know this condition of, that we find the American church in, which is bigger, more, 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 more mm-hmm. people, but we're missing out. I mean, and I think that once we once churches start exploding like that, they're in a dangerous place because they're going to miss. You know, I mean, it's there's, there's just too much there's too many people what you, you have a discipleship class so that people can come and be discipled, but that's not discipleship. Like what it's we're a, saying, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a blanket. Yeah. It's a blanket thing.
1: It's a piece of pepperoni. To say
0: we, we, we <laughs> checked it off. You know, we got a discipleship class, but that's not discipleship, man. And the bigger and bigger churches get like, man, like I, I just, I, I question, I, I think like how, how are they discipling in those big churches Like being intimately involved in somebody's life to know because discipleship is dirty, man. It's Mm. like dirty in the trenches with somebody. It's nasty, and sometimes I mean, Jason, you like we're talking about earlier. Like you know, when you were discipling me, it was ugly. It's not. It's not pretty. You know what I mean. You have to deal with people for who they are. You know, as they're trying to climb out of darkness and, and start walking on the path. But
1: dude, that just that doesn't just happen overnight you know it yeah when you when you've got someone living in your home and you know your heart is to disciple that individual yeah. and they're still rough around the edges and still you know they're trying to shake off some of that world dust you know you you get you get them getting home at one thirty in the morning and you know they've been drinking versus you know, people put on their Sunday best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to get drunk tonight. I got to be at church in the morning. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Gotta, yeah. So it's like the, real. And, and fa- I'm not saying a, people a, don't work walk into church without their problems. I mean, no, I know yeah, they do, yeah. but it's a but different there level a, of but involvement. There is,
0: but there is a falseness to that. You know what I mean? Going to church and saying, "Well, how are you today? Oh, too blessed to be stressed." You know, like these these things that we blessed say. and highly favored, brother. <laughs> but on the inside, yeah. there are there's always something going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so and yeah. discipleship. Is you know there is no falseness in it. You know if if you're doing it uh, to a level where you're that private with somebody. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's interesting that you know Jesus. Jesus got his disciples. You you know they were all rough around the edges, and I mean he had Judas with him, and we know how that turned out. Come on. So we can talk about. You know what is successful? Yeah, what does successful discipleship look like? And you know whatever. (laughs) Um, But you get those guys rough around the edges. You know it's like they're out there. He's taking on this ragtag bunch. They're going everywhere with them, and uh, and he's having to field questions like, "Who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom, Lord?" You know what I'm saying? Do you want He's us like,
0: to call down fire from heaven on these fools? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, send them <laughs> yeah, away right, from us. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, send them away. Get it's just it. like I got, got homeboy chopping people's ears off. I got to clean up his mess, yeah, literally. You know really. what I'm saying?
2: And you got people abandoning you. I, think, I don't think Jesus' leadership is really truly wow. seen until he leaves. And so if we're talking about discipleship, when he actually leaves as far as from the crucifixion, I, he had one person that was still there, John, and the, the women, and the fellows were gone. But it was time, right? Does it look successful from a human perspective? you like, no, that, that's, no, that's a poor job of discipling, right? Yeah. And so even John the Baptist asked, like, are you the one? Or I, I don't see you doing what I think you need to be doing, yeah. you know, as far as the discipleship. I'm in thing prison, goes. man. I'm in yeah, prison. You know, so so. Let,
1: let, me, let me make this statement. G, if we're going to look to Jesus as the, I mean, he is, he's, he says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. And I'm the it. life. So look to me right. for all things. I'll right. show you. <laughs> He's, he says, I've shown you read the gospels. I mean, it's, it's there by his life. He exemplified discipleship with right. the way that he, he interacted with these guys. Um, and it's just, it's interesting again, to consider his public ministry versus his private ministry. I love that. There's, there's a lot of depth that goes there. Um, what were you going to say? Well, and even
0: I, it just draws me to when Jesus was praying, you know, in John, and he said, Father, those that you have given me, like I've, I've, I've taught Both, the yeah. people that you've given me, you know, and I think, you know, sometimes we like to take on everything, but, I mean, you've got to wait for the Father to give like it to you. I like that,
2: too. You know? I like, well, those people, like, Onesimus shows up at Paul, and he didn't necessarily ask for him. You know what I mean? He just came and said, hey, I want to be with you. And I think that that idea of God giving us people to disciple is important that we don't, we don't necessarily put a help wanted sign up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It and,
1: just... and again, it's that, that preaching to the masses versus investing in intimacy in the, in that smaller group right. of, of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, and this, and this is a, this is a question for you, pastor. Um, and it's not to put you on, like on the spot or like, Degree. I'm not. No, you know my heart on, behind this. On. Yeah, ask. But I think that there are pastors who preach to the masses. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus did that. Mm-hmm. Jesus preached mm-hmm. to the masses. Jesus gathered the crowds. Mm-hmm. Jesus did that. Did so that. we're going to do this. Right. He did that. It's good. But then he also invested in the few, which were his disciples. That then we're going to go out and then continue that mission. Right. His intention was to send them. Right. Right. And right. he was going to. And I understand Jesus like coming and leading a group of disciples is not the same as a pastor gathering a a church body to then pastor and, you know, that kind of thing and teach. But I think some pastors see their, they see their primary context for discipleship within their staff. And that's good, but then it never goes beyond that. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. And so how do you then, like, and I know you, you, you're still trying to answer this question. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a good but question. How, so how are you processing, I'm going to make disciples, I'm going to lead my staff, but then beyond that, what are you, how are you cons- considering that?
2: Like, Well, you know, I was just thinking about what you said, and if we just used numbers, like Jesus had 12, so I guess, you know, that's a good number. Like, there may be some group dynamics that may be preventing, from you, the, preventing the ability to effectively disciple more than that, right, in that intent. Temp- intimate setting. So I was thinking about, okay, leadership team. Yes. Perfect. But then I was just thinking just now, as I was listening to everybody, that my greatest disciples probably would be my children yeah. because they spend the most time with me intimately yeah. than anybody. Than they anyone. get to really see me recline mm-hmm. and see sure. that this is real and raw. So, I mean, not to knock anybody doesn't have any kids, but I think it's the level of intimacy that then determines the quality of disciple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as far as what I'm doing within the church, I don't think I'm want to I don't think that I'm looking for any more sons or daughters in the gospel like that, you know, like sure. some people kind of get caught up in that, but I'm really more interested in do I have the capacity really to take on another person? And if I'm trying to be structured, I probably don't. But if I'm going to be accidental, <laughs> I probably could. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. If I, I feel like when I try to get structured and I try to say okay they they they've met these parameters and we did all these things that a disciple should know, then I don't have the, I'm limited in that. But if I'm just saying okay, I want you to come along and do life with me as I go do what God's called me to do, I think there's room for more.
1: Yeah. I I find it interesting also that Jesus said, "I only do what I saw the Father do." Yeah. And yeah. And so the Father was his example, his his leader, right? He, right. And so he was only doing that which she saw the father do and then it's interesting that then Paul says the things you've seen me do and say and the things you've learned from me go right. do that as well. Right. So I think at the at the core of discipleship it's a learning a seeing and then a doing, right?
2: I could I could agree with that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so how are we inviting people along? And again, I think we've gotten into this this information Age where we think that making disciples is simply giving them information. I'm right? concerned about that. I'm concerned about it.
2: I and mean, I, there's a lot of information being passed in the gospel. Don't I mean? And scripture's clear that if they were to write all the books that you could write, there was a lot that Jesus did. Right. So these disciples, they, there was a lot of references there that they yeah. that we don't really see through the gospels. But I just am. I'm just in a place where I'm thinking to myself, if I want a disciple. Twelve, no, just man, let's just say five. Let's say you know I'm a disciple of five. I eventually get to the point to where I feel like I'm not doing that well, right? And I and I think <laughs> it goes back to what you said about yeah. like I got this mindset, this fabricated idea of what 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 academic information needs to be given mm-hmm. before you could be qualified to get your diploma as saying you were discipled by pastor gates you yeah. know what i mean like, what that look like you've officially been disciple. what is the fullness of that? yeah like? and yeah. you never really stop learning so you're always a disciple so i don't understand you're always a learner yeah you're always yeah. a learner so you're always a disciple yeah of somebody it's
1: lifelong yeah it's a lifelong thing so help me give me the simplest sentence you can possibly give me um and so fill in the blank i am a disciple if Fill in the blank. What makes you a disciple? Don't overthink it.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, that's a hard one. I got, because I want to, I got like another sentence or paragraph (laughs) I want to say, but (laughs) go ahead, Pastor Jamal.
3: The first thing that came to mind was I'm a disciple if I bear the fruit of the spirit. If I bear... The fruit of repentance. If I interesting, if I reproduce what Jesus produced, and what was that? And that's love, joy, peace, long suffering. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, if I reproduce the character of Jesus, I'm a disciple of His. Um, there's a pastor in Texas that mentioned this: that everyone is discipled by something. It's just a matter of who or what teaches us. Mm. And I think that. As we go throughout life, we learn how to live, how to speak, how to do life, what to think, based upon that which is surrounding us and that which we give give our ear to that's what we give access to and so I believe that I am a disciple I'll put in parentheses
1: of Jesus if I bear fruit that looks like him that's good so so now so now, fill in the blank. I am making disciples. If I, well, I, I
2: would say then, if I got, I've got to, I've got to, ref, I've got to continue to reflect Jesus. Then, if I am going to go with the scripture we use from Paul, saying that you know what, follow me as I follow Christ, I am making disciples. If I do that, and so I don't think you'll ever get to a point, of course, being finished work. But I really say, yeah. you know, that hey, you know, let's let's look at what it would look like if. And and you, I think you mentioned it, Pastor Jay, you were saying basically, you know, who's got the courage to say, follow me as I follow Christ. I yeah. mean, it takes a yeah. lot of courage, right? You know what mm-hmm. I
1: mean? Mm-hmm.
2: Like with all my stuff, because you're thinking about all the stuff that you're going to do wrong, right? So, like, who's going to act- actively tell people, like, at your leadership meeting, next leadership meeting, hey, I want everybody in here to follow me as I follow Christ.
3: You'll be like, what? <laughs> and I think that's, that's the challenge. That's the sticking point of everyone loves to say, oh, yeah, discipleship is the wonderful thing. And, oh, yeah, we yeah. always got to make disciples. Yeah. But the, mm, the challenge and the struggle of discipleship is the human element. Mm. The human element of the disciple maker who says, I'm not perfect. How can I perfect or mature other people? And then the disciple just says, hey, who are you to tell me what to do? And that rebellion that that lives in our sin nature. Mm. And so the human element is what really Mm. makes discipleship challenging. Um, Again, it's not the information because it's not about information. It's about transformation. It's that human element of saying, I am courageous enough to open up my life, the good, the the bad, and the indifferent, and then someone else to say, I am trusting enough to submit my life. And so... (laughs) Again, I think we mentioned this, and I hate to go back, but I think that one of the things that is vital in this process of understanding discipleship and its its effectiveness is it's the Holy Spirit that draws a disciple to a discipler. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't draw someone to someone else, it's a mute point. Even Jesus said... I'm only keeping those whom the Father has given me, and, who, and only the Holy Spirit can can draw you. So, obviously, I understand you Pharisee, you Sadducee, you um, you scribe. I get that you don't get it because you're not of you're not of me. Um, and you're it's, of your father, you're of your the father. The devil, devil. And, and so I, I understand. And, and so Jesus was, Jesus didn't even really. He got upset sometimes, you know, whipping the temple. But yeah. he, he he wasn't mad when he understood that they weren't of him. And so he was like, I get it. You're of who you are, you're of. Let me take right. care of mine. Right. While you you take care of yours, I'll take care of mine. You're a goat. I got sheep. I got to be a shepherd. And so I think that sometimes we try to fabricate or, or try to bring about discipleship when if the person is not actually supposed to be discipled by you, it would be better that they leave than they stay. Right. Yeah. Good. Because I can't force you to be transformed especially when I'm not you know some plant some water but God gives the increase especially if I'm not your planter I'm not your waterer I'm not even really supposed I'm I'm supposed to be your brother in the Lord but that's basically it
2: I had a pastor tell me something that was a good pastor I had a pastor tell me something when I very first got started pastoring he said you'll know what God is doing by the people that he sends you Hmm. like you'll know what you need to be doing in the church based on the people that show up in that season because He's the one who then sends people. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. his responsibility. And I just thought to myself, like, okay, yeah. You know, I just blew, blew right past me. But as we're talking about this, then it makes, it makes me kind of more conscious of, well, okay, God, you sent these people for this particular reason or purpose. So these people are definitely close to me in this season for a particular reason or purpose. And, uh, and I just kind of downplay it sometimes, to be honest
1: with you. You know, the reason I asked that question or those two questions is just try and put things just on the simplest level mm-hmm. that I possibly mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. is because I think people struggle with making disciples when they don't even know if they're a disciple. Yeah, oh, Right. Wow. They str- mm-hmm. So we're, so we're out here getting excited on stage, preaching the commission saying, bring a friend mm-hmm. We're you know, quit, start making disciples and stop making excuses. And half the people in the church can't even answer the question whether or not they're a disciple. Mm-hmm. And so about a, about a, I don't know a year and a half 2 years ago 3 years ago um I started I started praying and telling Jesus I want to be your disciple. Mm. And I and I've been a believer for 17 8 I don't know 20 years however long man 19 years at that point in time and I'm fi- I'm finally praying lord make me a disciple I want to be your disciple I want to follow you
0: and I, and I think that there's a there is a um a difference between a believer and a disciple, you know, like like we were saying, a di- disciple is somebody that has willingly given himself to the lordship, right?
1: Lordship, that's right. huge. Lord, the lordship.
0: You know, everybody can, you know, oh, Jesus is the son of God, but you know, is he your Lord? Yeah. Think, everybody
1: wants a savior, not everybody wants a Lord, kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I think that's a big deal. And so, my it it shifted in my heart, and I started saying, man, I I need to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. You know, but not only a disciple, but also a son, right? Mm-hmm. To those who believed he gave the right to become children of God. So we start, we are sons, but think about, then think about this relationship. Think about our relationship with the father. Also, in I think it's John, uh, first John, first um, John three, one, um, says, consider what great love the father has for us that we should be called children of God. Right. And so the basic the foundation of our relationship to the father is that he's father and we're child. Mm-hmm. And there's so much depth and dynamic and love and grace caught up in that relationship. I, I don't think people and understand then, that, man. But then consider Jesus said, I only do what I see the father do. Right. So then he says, come follow me. And then, and then we see this dynamic of I'm going to teach you and show you exactly what to do. It's the dynamic of a father and a son mm. and and not to like diminish the role of a mother and a daughter. Like we're not, we're no. not talking about gender, but yeah. what I'm talking about is yeah. that parent-child loving unconditional relationship to grow that child, to groom that child, to love that child, to prepare them to then go exist in the real world, whatever – multiply, get married, have babies, whatever you want people to go do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when we consider discipleship, we have to consider that dynamic as well. Consider the dynamic of the Father, God in heaven to the Son, Christ on earth, and then how Jesus related to his disciples and then what he sent them to go do. You see what I'm saying? It's another level. What's
3: in the Son that's also in the Father? Um, If we look at DNA... You can tell who's your father based upon the blood. You can tell who you are or who you belong to based upon what's in you. And I think if we, it's interesting you mentioned First John 3. I was also looking at that. You'll know, um, John lays out really well. He says, if, uh, it says here, everyone, this is First uh, John 3, 4, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning, is of the devil, for the devil has <laughs> been sinning from the beginning. And Thanks, John. <laughs> I mean, he and to your point though, it helped. First John is wonderful and masterful to help us understand the assurance of salvation. Am I really saved? How do I know if I have really been transformed? My heart has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. John says, hey, if you keep making a practice of that doesn't mean if I make a mistake or if I but but if my nature, my very nature Mm -hmm. hasn't been transformed to where I don't want to do what I used to do, Mm -hmm. then John's like, I think you need to take a pause, take a moment (laughs) and see, have you really been transformed by the gospel, uh, by the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have you really been made righteous? And I think a lot of times in North American Christianity, we give people the opportunity to make a decision and they may make a decision in that moment, but they've not made a decision, uh, Again, it's a matter of the Holy Spirit drawing, sure. um, and so they've made a conscious. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a good idea. Uh, fire insurance? Yeah, I want Jesus to save me. Uh-huh. I want Jesus to save me from hell, but I don't Get want him. To, hell but I don't car. want him to save me from myself. Right. I don't want that's him good. to save me from the that's idols of my heart. I don't want him to save me from my pride or save me from my selfishness or save me from my lust. I want him to save me from the wrath to come, but yeah. I don't want him to be the Lord of my life now. Right, That's and that good. comes,
0: and just like John, John was saying, "Look, man, if you if you keep on sinning, bro, like you don't know him because you haven't seen him, you know." And I think it's a frustration, you know, in a lot of people's lives. Like if they keep on sinning, or they, but they know that they want to keep, they want to stop, you know what I mean? But they haven't seen him because seeing him unravels everything, you know. Isaiah, man, woe to me, I'm undone, you know. And it it caused it caused his ministry, you know what I mean? It changed it changed everything, you know, in seeing God and. Man, I just, I, I think that we're giving people like a, like a a half, I mean, I, the devil doesn't have a problem with you, you know, going after Jesus if it's not a full picture of him. Because if you don't have a full picture of Jesus, that's, there's no transformation in that. You know what I mean? And like, I just, seeing him, knowing him, knowing that you're a son, like, is the knowing that you're a son, basically, first of all, is the basis for you to become a disciple. Mm-hmm. Knowing, like, how wonderful and how like what a gift that is that we are children of God the angels can't say that you know what i mean we are children of the most high it's like it's, it's incredible and that should stir in in us and we should be able to to see that like i want to see that man you know yeah.
3: Absolutely. Can I just, um, I'm sorry, I started at verse four, but this gives an even clearer picture of everything that we've been talking about. Uh, First John three and one is see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And then just quickly going down to verse 9, we read the others a little earlier. But verse 9 of that same chapter 3 of 1 John says, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God.
2: Let me ask you guys something because I I know one of the challenges is that we all are in in process. Yeah. So for someone who may be listening who's like, you know, man, you're talking about like a place of full de- development and maturity and I'm just getting in the door. Yeah. You know, so where where does that leave them room who think sure. I'm just walking in.
1: Well, so so let me this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately and the Lord's been putting some stuff in my heart and I'm I'm excited to see how it's going to manifest. Um, so great commission, very simple, right? He says, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. Well, first we do have to first teach commandment, right? So if, so if, if you're coming to, you're coming to Christ, you make this conscious decision, like, you know, and Holy Spirit's at work and you're saying, man, Jesus yeah, he's Messiah. He died. He came back. Man, I right. I received, man, I can be forgiven. Like, you know, gospel, you you know, there's nothing I can do. I'm not saved by works. I can't work my way to heaven. It's Jesus. He does it. He did it in me. I want him. Well, then immediately the at conversion, or whatever you want to call it, there should be a desire to then know the Lord. That's you, it. No, right? So there's right. a no, there's an intimacy, dis, intimacy, desiring intimacy with the Father. And so then my question is, when you've got like a new believer who's making this decision, well, we tell them, well, come to church and get in a group. Mm -hmm. And so we slide them into this gathering where you might be talking on relationships because it's February or finances because it's November. Mm -hmm. And what that person needs is they need foundation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you might create some one-on-one class, but again, that's information, right? So I think the information is good. I think the information is good, but where do you go from giving the information to then teaching obedience, which takes the seeing in me, right? Mm. So essentially you're going to reproduce if, if Jesus is doing what he sees the father do, and that's the essence of discipleship, you can, you can disciple people to your church culture and miss Jesus in the process. Absolutely. That's right on. Right? That's right on. And so my question is, why aren't we taking people? Right to the gospels and saying, this is the life of Christ. This is your Lord. Let's learn about him. We should be fascinated with the person of Christ, the things he taught, the things he said, his love, his mercy, his grace, the way he interacted with people and not just fascinated through the way that we teach it, but also fascinated in such a way that we're discerning moment by moment as we come into contact with people, how, you know, what would Jesus, what would Jesus do, but allowing the spirit to flow out of you and interact with people like watch how I interact with this person.
2: This. Just even saying that though is very practical, but that's the type of teaching that is most transformative. Like, hey, come with me while I go transfigure on this mountain or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I mean, these are. Do you want to see something? Can, yeah. you know, blow your mind, Do I got to be
1: on staff to get see that part of uh, your ministry? I, mean, D I is... preface that right. All that,
2: right. Jesus said to his disciples, uh-huh. "Right." I mean, yeah. You know, that's the type of stuff that you know, like hey, I'm going to go make this hospital call or hey, I'm going to go see about someone in my neighborhood or someone like you. You, you're taking people along with you as you go. And I've seen some people do that very, very well and I have not been good at that. And so uh, that's why it's kind of pricking me in a good way because I know that I, I've i been very much more pulpit-oriented in that way and I've not been as much as, well, I do all those things but I do them a lot of solo by myself. Like I'll I'll, I'll go take care of that. And I've been missing the opportunity yeah, of yeah. taking being you, right yeah. next to you.
1: It's tough. It's tough. And I mean, it's like we invite people into our ministry, but we rarely invite people onto mission. Right? Very good. And so it's like we, so we just took this mission trip. I hate to even call it that, but that's what we ended up calling it. We took this right. mission trip to Texas. Right. And, you know, people went because the Lord you know, put it on their heart that they should go. We wanted to go show the love of Christ. We wanted to go serve. We wanted to pray for people, wanted to love on people. And that happened. We were able to serve with our hands and feet. We were able to speak and testify the goodness of God with our mouth to people with ears to listen. We were able to lay hands on people and pray. We're able to give financially and bless. Mm -hmm. You know, we were able to have conversation. weep with those who were weeping. We did all those things. That was like, you know, people go on mission trips. It's like the most quote unquote real ministry that they ever do in their entire life. And then they come back to the place that's supposed to be training them to go on mission, but they have to wait till next year when they go to Zimbabwe again. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be on mission every day, every day. Oh yeah. I'm going to wait till this two weeks in the summer when I leave the country because that's when I go on mission.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just kind of crazy, man. And I think we've, we've got to get back to a foundational just this we need to simplify it again we've overcomplicated it right you know we've we've packaged it into this gathering and this building and these classes and these things and that's all good and that all serves a purpose again i just don't think it's the fullness and i think that there's something about taking it back to foundation it's just like look You you just gave your life to Christ you, the, Your number one thing that you need To do is chase after Jesus with all Of your heart and and I want you To chase after Christ first and foremost And so let me show you how To do that let me Let me sit down with you and show You how to do that rather than hope That you assimilate to all The processes that I've put in order to hope That you don't get lost in the mix but I just Got you lost in the mix of my processes you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
3: that's real. Yeah. Can, I, can I share something to exactly what you Absolutely. were saying? sorry, I'm being um, passionate. No, that's fine. Oh, Be passionate. Um, <laughs> as you were saying, Jesus was baptized. I'm um, looking in John chapter 1. And, and when, after Jesus was baptized, you know, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and the Father said, This is my Son whom i well pleased, et cetera, et cetera. It says the next day, again, John, that's John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. Notice mm-hmm. how John the Baptist had disciples, was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as Jesus walked by and said behold the lamb of god so the two, the two disciples of john heard john say hey this is the this is the lamb of god and they did exactly what you said they started following jesus they literally started walking chasing after jesus so then jesus in verse uh, that's verse 38 jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them what are you seeking Mm -hmm. And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Where are you abiding? Where are you dwelling? He said to them, come and see. Mm -hmm. I think that is the key. As we said, to make it as simple as possible when the Lord transforms your heart, and you 're like, "Oh Jesus, and, you're, and and you just go <laughs> yeah. hard after Jesus yeah. our job heart is to, our job is as someone comes to Christ to teach them how to see Jesus, teach them how to live for him, teach them how to follow him teach uh, teach them how us getting out of the way so that I'm not mistaken as your Messiah, because you're a new babe in Christ. Right. I'm not mistaken as the one that will save you from everything. I'm not mistaken, because I'm always pointing you to Jesus. I'm pointing you to the author, the beginner, and the finisher of your faith.
0: Go ahead and drop that mic if you want to, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and
1: then put it back on the table. Put it back, yeah, it's expensive. Back so <laughs> so you said you you touched on something that I, I wanted to... Um, I wanted to just say, like, I think we have, after you read that, it reminded me, we have a very Gentile understanding of discipleship. Thank you. We, but we have a, a Greek understanding of discipleship. You've got like professor mm-hmm. or, you know, p- apprentice people, you know, that all that stuff's good. You know, you, you've got a master and then you have an apprentice mm-hmm. and he takes on one or two apprentices and then the apprentice then reaches the level of of understanding and becomes a master and then goes on and, and does this craft and then takes on an apprentice of his own, um, within Jewish culture and there, whatever I know, whatever I've learned, I didn't grow up in Jewish culture, but what I know about this and what made Jesus calling those disciples, such a, such an amazing event for them when he called people to them was that most of these guys had already missed the boat on having a rabbi. Right? Because these Jew, in the Jewish culture, by the, time you're, by the time you have your bar mitzvah or whatever it is, you, right, you right. go into manhood, yep, 13. You, you would have already um, gone through all the study, um, tried to learn the Torah, you'd already been around the temple, you'd already been around rabbis, and a rabbi would have either called you to continue in that lifestyle or right. they would have chosen someone else and you would have had to go become yeah. a tax collector and a fisherman. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so those guys, they said, we're just, you know, we're not going to be clergy. We're going to go ahead and take the civilian route. Right. You know? And so Jesus comes along, a rabbi, and says, follow me. And I've already been been rejected by all the other rabbis. I've already failed to live up to the standard of all the other Pharisees. And then here comes a rabbi who's saying, follow me. And I'm like, wait, what? I got another chance?
2: But who makes Jesus a rabbi? What do you mean? I mean as far as them calling him a rabbi in the middle of that culture.
1: Because he'd gone of, through the motions.
2: Yeah, but it makes him look like okay, so who is his teacher? Uh-huh. You, I mean yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. if you if they're calling Jesus Rabbi then it automatically makes everyone say, Well well, what what synagogue was he affiliated uh-huh. with? Right? Yeah. Like, well, scripture said he
1: grew in stature. He w- he had favor, right? I yeah. mean, he he was in learning in the temple daily, like doing those things. So he came up through the ranks, so to speak. He's I was a carpenter son. Yeah, and so it's just interesting. So then those guys, when they were called, would have understood the process of entering into a rabbi disciple relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think that we don't understand the rabbi-disciple relationship. So we've been put in, maybe you've been in public, you went through public school, or a lot of people have been homeschooled. But public school, I have a teacher, I go and sit in a room with like 30 other kids, and then they give me information, then I take tests. Yes, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I've got that classroom understanding of learning from an individual, rather than a Jewish understanding of, a pupil coming under a rabbi so that they can follow him. Where are you staying? They knew that's what that was about. Right. What do you want? We want to follow you. Yeah. You know, we want this. We, we may have missed it. We still have a longing in our heart. And so I think again, at a simpler foundational level is that when we come to Christ, we should desire to submit ourselves to him as The teacher and the lover of our souls, Mm. like I'm looking to you, which is what God wanted Adam and Eve to do in the garden in the first place, right through by they didn't want God said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You depend on me as the source for all things. And I'll tell you what's right and wrong and I'll be your teacher and you only do what I say and and show you. Right. But then they na- ate of the knowledge of tree and good and evil. So they were looking for another source of understanding of the world and what they were there for. And and so they began so, to, right. And yeah. so now people, we look to all sorts of other things to give us purpose and to show us how to live. And right. people read magazines and watch movies and listen to songs. And, you know, I'm, when I was in middle school, um, I was like a, like a uh, alternative kid. You know, it's like i I skateboarded and I wore the band T shirts and I wore the the a chain necklace. Boy. Yeah, whatever. And I listened to like Nirvana and Offspring and Metallica. And the music that I listened to defined who I was as a person. And so people right. were looking to music, looking to relationships, all these other things. So on a foundational level, when we become a disciple of Jesus, we say he is the ultimate source for all of my understanding, my knowledge, and my living and my purpose. Right? And so there's a shift that happens. Absolutely. You shift from everything else and you shift to saying, no, it's you, Jesus. You're my everything. You show me. You teach me.
3: You mentioned something, though, um, in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve ate the fruit um it says that their eyes were opened. Um and I think even in the New Testament scripture, uh Paul, I believe it's Paul that prayed, Let the eyes of their understanding yeah. be, open. be open. Um and and even the prophets and even Jesus said, You have eyes but you can't see, you have ears but you can't hear. And I think it, it moves again beyond the informational data collection of knowing about certain stuff to having a revelation. Um, of Jesus that transcends what I think, what I feel, what I may want in the temporary moment. But when they saw Jesus and they heard John, John the Baptist say, behold, this is the lamb of God. They knew what that meant. They're like, wait a minute. This is this is too good for me to sit back and allow this moment to pass me by. So they started following him. And then he turned around and said, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? They're like, well, we're looking for you. And he's like, you know, where where are you staying? And he's like, come and see. I just that that sight is just something that, that that I think is really hitting on kind of the crux of what this is that I can't I can't I can tell you about the love of God. But until you see it for yourself. I can tell you about the peace of God that surpasses, look at this, all understanding to guard your heart and mind. But until you experience it, I can tell you how it feels. But man, when you get it, not just a feeling or an emotion, but when it becomes a part of you, when you know God, not just know about him, everything changes. How do you,
2: on a practical level, I mean, just for my sake. I'm just kind of considering this because you, what you said is true. I believe it. I had the same scripture you had, and I thought everybody was on the same way. But how do we take this idea of this rabbi-disciple experience and kind of overlay it in what we see and do in North America? How does that look?
1: I Well, I think it's, one, what is practical— Right. Again, I think we have to shed our expectation that we can disciple 500 people in one sitting. It's it's a sliver of the pie. Mm-hmm. It's only one side of the coin, and we can't lean so heavily on the public gathering. Mm-hmm. It's a portion. If you want to be like Christ, preach to the masses by all means, yeah. but have intimate, deep relationship with the few right. behind the scenes, preparing them to then go out and do the same, expecting that they're going to go out and do the same, not holding on to them because they're the best worship leader you've ever employed in your facility. Right. Right. right? That's tough. It's, it's hard to want to be open to letting those people go. But, you know, I think, I think again, I, I keep using this phrase foundational and simple think on a foundational level and i just with the real simple understanding of, of, um, discipleship being, um, one, am I a disciple? And then two, am I making disciples? I think we have to have an understanding of that. We can't, we can't get people to start making disciples if they don't know that they're a disciple themselves. You know what I mean? And, right. and we have to, we have to start teaching and preaching On a foundational level. Let me ask you the question. I'm going to challenge you. When you, do you give an altar call? I do. You do. Do you ever use the word disciple in your altar call?
2: I probably have, but I don't know if I do it intentionally.
1: It's not an intentional thing that you use every time you give an altar call. So why are we leaving discipleship out of salvation message?
2: That's true. That's a good,
1: why are we doing that? You know what I mean? And, And I, I wonder that. Because when we're, when we're preaching Christ and it, I understand that maybe that's the next level, whatever, you know, I get oh, it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. We're, we're preaching Jesus. It's like, yes, yes, yes. We're preaching the gospel. We want them to receive the gospel. That's great. But I think even within that message, the Jesus says, if anybody will be my disciple, they must take up their cross daily and follow me. And so when we say, give your life to Christ mm-hmm. and follow Jesus, and we forget to say, take up your cross and to be a disciple, this is what must happen. Well then we've we've given a sliver and not the fullness. And so I think it yeah. comes it's in our message. And so there's been a lot of gospel that's been preached. It's been devoid of the truth of discipleship. And so that's why we don't have disciples and that's why we don't have disciples making disciples. Because we've been converted to something else.
2: No, and I think that's why in the last days there'll be a great fall in the way. Because they were they were they weren't really that they weren't disciples then obviously right yeah. or they or that I think there's a great deception then I put down here that they're I don't know if you can be deceived disciples because we're hearing but we're not actually exercising it and so I think in the attempt to get more baptisms more salvation's mm-hmm. um, the finances i mean it's just completely honest i don't know if and this may be just me and and so if someone's listening and it's not you don't don't buy into it but uh, maybe you're just you you're wanting to grow it so it can support you, maybe you want to build it so that it could it could be something, but yeah. it's not necessarily it's not necessarily what needs to be you know what i mean what if it what if it doesn't what if it never is supportive what if it's just fifty people and and you've got real good relationships with about twenty of them you know I don't know
3: I think one of the dangers in American North American United States of American Christianity is our definition of success in ministry. Oh yeah. I that's think one. that's one of the dangers yeah, what is, is successful? if I am so motivated by what I see in others that I call successful, yet I'm not so motivated by what I see in Jesus, which is success. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's not that's a good. question if was Jesus successful? He's God. So, uh, right. And so I think one of the dangers is our motives uh, for success, uh, our definition of success, if it's anything from what Christ has said and commanded, then we are off kilter. And oftentimes you only have to have a boat that's adrift slightly oh, for yeah. it to eventually lead to a whole nother place. Yeah, um, that's true. and so to your question about how do we, how do we simply, um, help people in North America, which we are in North America, how do we help people understand discipleship in an American context? I want to hesitate to say that may be the problem. That we're trying to Americanize something that is larger than our nationality, that's larger than our culture. The kingdom of God is countercultural to every culture, not just countercultural to third world countries who stood in child sacrifice. It's countercultural to individuality. It's countercultural to this desire of uh, get money or die trying. It's countercultural to everything that is antithetical to the will and purpose of God. So if that which we preach is countercultural then it will not it will not lend itself to be conformed to the world but it will transform by the renewing of our mind <clears throat> And so I think we can make simplified terms as we've been doing, but I don't. I don't think that we can, in a healthy way, package it so that mm-hmm. it will be palatable for our American context. I think once we do that, we ha- we dilute and we start cutting stuff That's off. Good. Because when you said when Jesus says, "Okay, you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me," well, I mean, we're stuck on denying myself because I what deny yeah. myself. Yeah. I'm the I'm the king of my domain. I, I rule this. I make this going. So people can't even get to the take up your cross because we're still stuck on. Wait a minute.
1: You told me to deny myself?
3: <laughs> That's true. That's true.
1: It's tough. It's tough. And, you know, I think it's easy. I think it's fairly easy to look out at your congregation of 150, 200, whatever, and based on your interactions with people, know who has a heart to be a disciple and know who has a heart to disciple. I think it's easy to, to decipher that, really. Mm. Um and so I think practically one, very intentionally, um what it is it in Proverbs where it says, just know the know the state of your flock. Mm-hmm. Your shepherd, you know the state of your flock. You know who's in, you know who's out, you know who's on the fringe, you know who's whatever. And so I think have really intentionally take a look at what's going on there and then ask yourself, have have I personally, or has my staff, or whoever it is personally engaged these people in um, some sort of intentional relationship of discipleship, helping move them closer?" to obedience in Christ, helping, helping them along the way. Because again, discipleship is a lifelong process. Do, am I going to hit 60 and look back and be like, I'm a disciple, you know, I made it. I made disciples. I am a disciple. I'm good. Jesus, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, again, to continually be a learner, that's a lifelong process. And so I think that people are disciples if they're learning from Christ how to live and what to do, right? I mean, it, if they're looking to Jesus as Lord and saying, show me what to do, Lord, right. you know, you, there are people who say, man, I prayed to God. I used to say, God, just show me what to do. That's discipleship. They're wanting to learn from the father and they want to be obedient to what he's saying to do. That's, that's it. Um, and they may not have to even, I don't know. I, I don't know that we need to get everybody to then say, confess, I'm a disciple of Jesus, like raise your hand and say this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we can engage those individuals deeper rather than, um, personally or through our staff or whatever it is, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Encourage, commission, activate people to take those people into deeper relationship on their own, to take them under their wing, so to speak, and engage them in deeper, intimate relationship in their walk with Christ, um, Rather than trying to create some sort of program that you're going to say, okay, now we're doing this, I feel good about their discipleship. Mm-hmm. Because really it is personal. It is personal. I think we can get people in a room, and I think that still that serves a purpose. Oh yes, I can get four people in a room, and I can talk to them, and that's, that's discipleship. Um, but I still think it goes deeper than that. You know what I mean? So practically, look at what you've got going on now and then engage those people deeper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no,
3: I hear you. And, and it's about knowing and being known. Um, as you were saying, it's it's, a, it's personal, yet it's done in community, um, knowing and being known. And one thing that you were mentioning uh, about Jesus and with the 12, and then he had three in the inner circle, I just started looking and thinking back at Acts and how all those thousands of people um, received Christ um, on the first day of the church, the birthday of the church. Um, and I, I have to imagine that what was laid out there in the rest of Acts chapter 2 about how they were going from house to house and how they they, they continued in the, in, in the apostles' teaching and in prayer and in fellowship and, and even back to the Old Testament, how Jethro came to Moses and said, uh, Moses, what you're doing right now isn't good. Moses like, what do you mean? I'm judging yeah. all these things. What are you, what are you talking about, father-in-law? <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. and Jethro said, no, you're about to kill yourself because you're trying to do everything on your own. You and, and you got people. millions of folk around here mm-hmm. trying to get, uh, uh, what about the sheep and this goat? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so Jethro said, I need you to set elders and I need you to set judges around this camp so you take care of super mm-hmm. heavy stuff. You, you have people who have your spirit, have your heart. Um, who basically are your disciples And you set things in order So that you can properly lead You all can properly lead These multitudes of people And so I think that's 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 a key That if we have um, A local church that is Growing, praise God Yet we have to be Intentional about, as you said Making disciples who then make disciples Jesus didn't say to his disciples Okay, you got it now I'm leaving. He said, go into all the world and make disciples, um, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And then they actually did that. And then their disciples discipled, and then their disciples discipled, and then their disciples discipled, and then however many more disciples we come to us. And so I think that it's a vital thing that as, as I disciple someone, I'm, In a quasi-discipleship relationship uh, uh, with someone, as I disciple him, my goal is then for him to disciple somebody else. My goal isn't, okay, I've got it now, yay, I'm I'm full and fat of Mm -hmm. word and knowledge and all that wonderful stuff, now I'm going to be on with Jesus. No, I need you to then disciple someone else, and so... Disciples And I think one of the things That again Like we talked about before That distinguishes From a boy to a man Is then One of the things That distinguishes Besides chest hair Or whatever uh, One of the <laughs> things That distinguishes Because you know Some Middle people are bald baldness. Uh-huh. Yeah baldness <laughs> Is the ability to reproduce Yeah Like true. a boy yeah, yeah. Before puberty Cannot reproduce yeah. But once you become a man You then have the f- f- By and large You have the ability <laughs> To reproduce Yeah And so I know That I've been discipled Well enough When I have have that ability not just through head knowledge but knowing God being intimate with God to yeah. where I can then now
1: reproduce so i i think That's good. again on a on a foundational level um not mistaking discipleship with process of catechism yes right or assimilation, right. or indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Do
3: you know this and do you know that? Yeah, it's
1: mm-hmm. and yeah. and I think that we've taken the path of indoctrination. Well, do they believe what we believe? Do they agree with this faith? Do they the look message? like us? Do they, they talk like us? You know, again, it's like what are you reproducing? You know, it's like you get you get a brand new believer into your church culture, um, and are you like? a proud father when you step back and you see them serving at an event with your logo t-shirt, handing out an inviter card to your church. Like, is that the moment where you like feel okay? Mm, You know what I'm saying? Or what's
2: I'm beaming right now.
1: (laughs) What's the moment? You know what I mean? It's, it's much deeper. Yeah. So much deeper than that. D I want to ask you as I I think as we, we kind of wrap things up here. Um, how, where, where are you at now? with your thought process versus when, when you walked in and sat at this table and had this conversation, are you, your gears turn in? I mean, what's going on in you? Because, no, yeah,
2: I, I, uh, really, my, mine is from a very personal place because I feel like I have been, I've been standoffish in that sense. Cause I've not wanted people to be close. Right. And I think, you know I mean? I don't, I mean, I want. Don't get me wrong. I want the church. I want people to be healthy. But as far as really going into discipleship, to me, when I hear that word, for me personally, just because my personality and maybe just some some angst I have about it, I just start thinking like, oh man, it's gonna be a lot of work, and I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do this. I'm gonna have to, you know, what I mean, I'm gonna have to invite people in, and then I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm, you know, they may to stay too late at the house. Or they, you know, I gotta go over here yeah. and do the, you know, you know it just gets kind of like it's oh, gonna be too much of a I can do that myself and I'll get, to, got to get it done. You know, I can yeah. get it done faster, but really discipling, uh, it, it just, for me, it, it, it just sounds like, oh man, I, I work a job too, you know, and I've got this going on. When will I have time to actually, you know, I got kids and I got a wife and then, you know, you know, Jesus, he was full time, you know what I mean? So I mean, you, you know, yeah. So my, my big deal is taking away like, well, I can see the need for that intimate spot. But, man, how am I going to do that? And what if I bring people in close and they see flaws like they will see? They already see. You know what I mean? But will they see flaws? Will they see a whole bunch of them? Will they still still be disciples? I mean, you know, would I I have turned them off of Jesus even because Mm. of some things that I got going on? You know what I mean? And that's just real and raw. But I'm excited. I'm excited about the conversation because— I don't think that, uh, me personally, I don't think that God's going to, to, to move me forward into another season until this becomes a very, very, very priority-centered, focused idea in mind about the whole idea of not just membership, but discipleship. Mm. And so I I mm. know for me, that's where I'm, I'm in this camp. I'm sitting in it. I'll probably be here for, Lord knows, as far as until I get it, until my heart's right. Yeah. It's just going to take some time. and. I'm okay with that, though. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. know that in the end, when it's all said and done, you know who's going to remember Mending Place, and I would rather, much rather them know Jesus because of somebody that we probably <laughs> ended up running into along the way. You know? Yeah. So, if, if I, it to me is the most flattering thing, though, that as I think about it, that some people would want to come follow me as mm-hmm. I follow Christ. True. It's humbling. Yeah. It's extremely. I mean, to mm-hmm. me, it's fearful in a way that I'm like. It's a lot of pressure. Who wants to actually be able to say that I'm the guy? You know the responsibility of saying that I'm not just your pastor. I'm discipling you right now. Yeah, and a lot of people don't say that because they just they would rather it be that ambiguous because I don't have the pressure. I don't have the pressure of saying that hey, you are my disciple. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, you
2: don't. We yeah. don't say it. We just kind of hope that you can pick up on it. So that, or if if you ever got mad, then I could say, well, you know, I never said that I was your discipler anyway you know what i mean so i think it's just it takes a lot of guts to to do what jesus did and what the disciples have done and and besides us just doing it i think um besides us just having disciples made just by chance
3: Mm -hmm. i mean because
2: my pastor i don't think he was really the most discipling i ever got i don't think my pastor was doing it because he wanted me to he wanted me to be the best version of dion that i could be through christ I think he was doing it so that he could get a successor. You know, he was doing it for his own benefit. Like, you know, like, what can I teach this guy so I won't have to do that anymore? (laughs) No, I mean, you know, real. You know what I mean? like, there's a lot of that. Well, and I'm not saying that's that's wrong. I'm just saying that that was the only reason, right? It was like, you know, he's really good. There's family. I could see them really doing some great stuff in the church. And let's do this stuff so that then I'll have another right-hand person or whatever. But it was never really with the intentions of saying that I want to see him go out and start another work because he was surely was mad when I started another work. He was mad. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Discipleship is not solely delegation. It. Right. Well, let me teach this person how to do this. I don't have to do it right, anymore. Right.
2: Right. And I don't know where you where mentorship and discipleship may merge, or cross. I think, think they. If it's vocational only, then it's mentorship. But if it's, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just.
1: Well, I think it within the the faith realm. Right. Yeah, I mean it's again. There there are terms that the business world uses, apprentice and mentor, and right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, there's and then you get into like guru and, and those kinds of things, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, for real.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I mean there there are people who are. It, I mean, there are people who are yeah. um, caught up in Eastern religion practice oh, yeah. mentality, and yeah. they they will say my guru
2: guru right
1: because they look to them as. A guru, someone right. who has the head knowledge, the understanding, the experience, right. and then they look to them to teach them to then go be able to do what they do. It's it's like a, a guide, right. you know, a, a shepherd, if you will, right? And so, um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I think.
2: You've asked me some questions today. You, <laughs> we've had some questions today, though, man. That I think are essential for me. So even if if no one else gets anything, I feel like I was like, yeah, right. I yeah. feel like I I really got some good questions to say, man. You know, you know, am I willing to do that? You know what I mean? Is that that's yeah, that's right. Am I willing to do that though? Mm-hmm. You know,
1: yeah. And and again, it's like so. Jesus said, if anyone will be my disciple, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily, follow me. I, I think it could also be said if anybody will make disciples they have to deny themselves take up their cross and follow me i'm gonna, right? agree. I'm gonna agree on that and be quiet it, it's the, like it's like the same thing it's the <laughs> the same thought process casey man you've been quiet tonight bro i'm
0: just learning man i'm just i'm just you cleaning just, all this information i have nothing to add about this i'm <laughs> just listening to all the stuff that's going on so <laughs> i love casey
1: well we appreciate your presence this evening sir <laughs> man i i love this conversation um Man, just to share my heart, like man, I I want to make disciples. I I want to yeah. lead people to know Jesus. I right. do, man, and I right. I want to teach people about Jesus. Like I would, you know, it's like I I could have a platform here at the source, like, and yeah. I do often. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I it, the Lord's gifted me to teach and lead. He's given me grace to be able to do that here. Um, and I just. I feel like the passion that God is giving me lately is to take it back to a a simple teaching of the person and the work of Christ and to desire to know him deeper. And as we enter into that deeper relationship with him, he transforms our heart and our life and he gives us passion and motivation. And then we go out in, in his love and his power to then, Mm -hmm tell other people about him. And, you know, I've been talking, having the conversation about evangelism lately. And it's like, it's this big, scary word. But again, on this, on the simplest level, it is, you know, have you experienced the goodness of God in your life? Yeah. Well, tell me how. Hmm, And then you speak of the goodness of God, you're prophesying of him and his character. And if, and if you talk about Jesus in that conversation, I mean, you, you're like halfway to evangelizing. Absolutely. There's just a couple more things you yeah. need to say about I'm Jesus. I'm witnessing and, what I've seen and heard of Jesus. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he said, you'll receive power. be It's power to be my witness. It's its a verbal testimony. It's not, you'll receive power to be indoctrinated by all the beliefs mm. of Christianity and then assimilate to the church culture, look and play the part and feel good about yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's not it. And so anyways, I feel like the Lord's been drawing me, drawing me back to this, this real simple place of teaching people about Christ and, and, and being fascinated with him as a person. And not just fascinated and being a fan, mm. but being mm. in love with mm-hmm. the man. I mean, mm. how can you not love the guy? You know what I mean? And, and I'm talking about him like he's just, a, you know. know but yeah. man, he's, am- he's amazing. I he know. really is. And, and I just, I think we've got to change our, our language, little simple tweaks. Yeah. And we've got to go to the Lord and say, man, change my heart. Like, God, help me to want to make disciples. And then show me. You know, and even yeah. praying, like yeah. like Jesus, uh I want to make disciples. Will will you send me somebody? He's gonna send you somebody. Oh, you know what I mean? Like he's not just gonna you're not yeah. gonna be like, Well, Jesus, I prayed to make disciples, you didn't yeah. send nobody. Yeah, it was yeah.
3: twenty years and I just waited until you didn't send me nobody. I think yeah. you know,
1: it just it if, takes if, work. If if you weren't ready to make disciples, the Lord wouldn't have sent you to my brother. Oh <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying.
2: No, it, you know, I, I, will, I will have to say that I am, I feel like that this is an area of, of growth for me, not just weakness, but an area that I really need to grow in. Not just having the, the big corporate setting, right? The corporate setting of saying like, hey, as a, as a community, we disciple this way. Because I believe the community plays a role in that for us as a church. But then also for me personally, in a more one-on-one setting, I have not done that well. You know. I think we're focusing now on the corporate setting, but I think that my view and perspective is limited because I have not done well the intimate one on one.
1: Yeah. You know. And yeah. that's it. Well it's it it's top down. Yeah. Right? If you're not doing it at the top, they're probably not gonna be doing it at the bottom. True. True. And if they're doing it at the bottom, they're not gonna be doing it in your context long. Right. Without it happening at the top. You that's know what I mean? Because they're looking to you. You're the Lord has placed you, yeah. Right, he yeah. he's put you there for real. You yeah. get, bro. You get to lead people into a life and a culture of discipleship. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's cool. That's I mean, really
2: cool. Yeah, I just think, like I said, there's some there's some things that I definitely want to make right. Amen. Clear.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, man, I lo- I, lo- I love this conversation. I hope. Uh, I'm just blown away. I'm just <laughs> I, I soaking hope, it all in. <laughs> I hope we can get uh hope we can get another episode or two on this because this is one of my favorite one of my favorite topics and it's not just that I I'm excited to like oh it's good conversation but man it's it's life giving to me because mm-hmm. it 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 focuses me back on mission I'm here for one purpose and one purpose only you know what I mean Amen and sometimes so, yeah. we get we get we lose focus awesome. Jamal, good to have you, brother. Glad to be here. Did you thank enjoy you for yourself, me. sir? Yeah. It was wonderful. It was
0: good. Absolutely Sweet. wonderful. I'm glad Jamal was here for sure. Yeah.
1: We love D. Man. Thanks for
0: we
1: having I love us. this guy, man. Yeah. Greatest of all time. I'll
3: stop it. <laughs> the, right.
0: the goat. The goat. The okay, goat. Come on,
1: man. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Uh man, check us out on social media and all that fun stuff. Subscribe. Share. If you know anybody, man, if you listen to this and you thought it was a good conversation, let us know. And uh, share it out so people can listen to it. If you've got comments or man, even if you want to come on and talk about it, like let Bring us it. know.
0: Bring it on. There
1: will be there will be tough screening and scrutiny, um, but <laughs> we might we might let you on the mic.
2: <laughs> I, I was just about to say you just missed. There's gonna be no, somebody out there.
1: No, okay. D, D, you you can testify to the rigorous uh, screening oh yeah, oh process. Yeah.
3: To just uh, how get, long have I known
2: you? A while, so, yeah. yeah it has been years, and you wouldn't yeah. even come
0: close to let me step up on the mic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you made it now. I made it. Sorry, you. at the bottom,
1: but you're here. <laughs> I'm here. Hashtag, we finally made it. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, consider our pods casted upon thee. <laughs>